We live now. <clears throat> we good to go? Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's get into it. I'm using my phone here. It's all good. We're going to talk to the mics. We're going to dedicate a couple of things. I really want you to kind of go in and talk, you know, talk about how you're feeling right <clears throat> now. You know well, check it out, man. If anybody listening, whether you got loved ones, wife and kids, you know, grandparents and people that's impacted your life. <clears throat> like they say, the saying goes, we don't borrow time. You know what I'm saying? We, we all, we all do things behind closed doors in life, and we don't want those things to become the light. But as men, it is so important and imperative that we are in our kids' lives. Because when we're not in our kids' lives, they can never cherish the great moments we have and share. I never had a dad in my life. I had father figures. But tonight, a very special person in my life that was truly the only dad I really had. That is my grandfather. Um, he's fighting for his life as we speak. And he's about to transition on the thing we call a small part of life. Death is a small part that we all got to experience. And um, I want to dedicate this podcast to Melvin Howell. Melvin Linwood Howell. Mm -hmm. Goochland County, Virginia, hmm. 1937. Yeah. And I want to dedicate this to him. Um, he's impacted me in so many ways. Um, he was really my example on how to be a man. You know, he built everything he ever wanted. He lived in a small little town in Virginia, <clears throat> about 30 miles outside the city of <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. And, um, those are my roots. And, um, <clears throat> my voice sounds a little, you know, faded because, you know, I shed a little tears and I'm a little upset. It's a part of life. Yeah. But we're going to dedicate this to him tonight. We're going to talk about this amazing fight and these amazing playoffs. Yeah. So everybody that's tuning in to Time to Weigh In, we're weighing in and we're celebrating life tonight. Definitely. Thank you all. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy, man. Pops, I mean, I didn't know him for very long, but he, he meant a lot to me just because of how he was able to embrace life, you know what I'm saying, and live life. You know, when you talk about somebody living life to the fullest, man, he, he epitomized that, you know what I'm saying? He captured every moment in his life and he and he literally lived his life you know what i'm saying like no, no regrets no regrets like he just went full throttle with it you know what i'm saying like and i think really that's how you supposed he to hold live. back man he he went all the way you talking about pedal to the metal like all the smoke that's what he was and that's how he lived his life and i, I really appreciate him for being an example of that like when you know it's oftentimes we put here on earth on this earth and we question our purpose in life and like why are we here but it's like if sometimes it's not always about questioning why you're here sometimes it's just about enjoying that the fact that you actually are here you know what i'm saying and taking advantage of the fact that god blessed you with the only life you're gonna get because you ain't gonna get many more you know what i'm saying so while you're here on earth you might as well literally um live and, and do the best you can with what you got you know what i'm saying and he did just that man i mean how old old i was 85 85 85 years old and uh the, the great thing 
about Melvin Howell, man, um, he had a very weird way of saying he, you know, he ain't never really tell you, like, how he felt, <clears throat> you know. He'll tell you a little bit. If you're proud of you, he'll say, oh, that's all right. Hmm. That's all right. I like that. That's all right. Hmm. You know, he was, he, was a, he was a man of many words, but he was a man of, my, my, my grandfather didn't believe in giving people a lot of admiration. That just wasn't him. Yeah. He showed admiration in a different way. His admiration was you sitting down having a drink with him. His admiration was yeah. telling you his stories of his life so that you can use his stories and let that transcend to your story in life. He always wanted to give people examples of what he did and how he did things. He believed in working every day. He, my grandfather worked to his dying day. He dedicated himself to being a great example to his grandkids, to his wife, to his kids. Mm -hmm. He was definitely a man's man. And I just pray that I'm half, uh, just a third of the man he's, he is. Mm -hmm. um, he was a father, a husband, and to be honest, man, he was really my hero. Everything he's ever went through in life, he tackled it, no fear. Mm -hmm. He never wanted nobody to feel sorry for him. He never put on a pity party. You know, he picked up his pants every day hmm. and he went out there and he did what he had to do to provide and be a man. And I'm saying this to all the brothers out here, especially black men. Yeah. We don't really got a lot of time for the pity party. We got to live up to our ancestors, man. We got to live up to the ones that sacrificed it for us. And my grandfather is definitely one of those people. And um, he loved sports. He <laughs> loved basketball. He was a huge Cleveland Browns fan until they became the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, What was his basketball team that he liked? Was it the Sixers? The Sixers. Yeah. Yeah, he liked the Sixers. And um, I'm going to miss him. I'm going I'm to I'm really miss him, man. I really miss him, man. I really, I mean, there's a lot to be said, but you know, especially with somebody who's lived such a long life. <clears throat> and some people say, you know, life is short, but right, really life is what you make of it, right? You know, I had an argument with somebody who's like, oh, life isn't short, you know, or life is long. I mean, I feel like mm. or, it, it really is subjective. Like 80 plus years, some people can consider that long. Some people consider that short. They can say, you know, like, you always want to live more. You always want God to give you more years. But let's focus on the years that you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's focus on the years that you have right here. Whether it's 40, whether it's 30, whether it's 60, whether, you know, you live to be 100. Focus on those 100 good years. You know what I'm saying? Those 80 good years. And make them count, man. You know what I'm saying? Capture every moment. Yeah. You know, love, love the, your loved ones. Make sure you know that, make sure that they know that you love them. You know what I'm saying? And leave it out there. I think a lot of times we always, you know, say what we could have done, what we should have did, and whatever. But, like, what we can do now is within our control. And I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, man. You said it, bro. When you reach out to the ones that you love, like, my brother here, man, like, we always talk about, like, I've known you probably, what, less than five years? But you are my brother for real. Yeah, two, three. Wait, hold on. I'm talking about 
He doing that thing with that toupee. Ain't he, he had the toupee on, yo. But the it, I, I wouldn't be able to know that's a toupee, though. That's not his real hair. That's not his real hair, no. <laughs> they look good, though, in that picture. Yeah, man. But we reflecting back. And that's one good thing I do like about photos, right? Pictures, they say a lot. You know what I'm saying? They really do. They It's like, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, but I think that there's no number that you can put to, to a photo. Like, it's more than a thousand words. It, it, it captures your life in that moment, very much like music. It, it Where were you? You know, when I listen to music and stuff like that, I always connect with music because I can always remember where I was. When I first heard that tune, you always yeah, tell so. me, man, I stay in the two thousands too much. Yeah, man. you stuck in two thousand four, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> two thousand four, two thousand three. Yeah. I'm like, it's twenty twenty two. Oh, he got an Kendrick Lamar got an album, by the way. So uh, a lot of a lot of people been raving about it. Actually. So far, I like it. I mean, I still got it. It's it's not the easiest listen. There's some songs that they're not really like. It's a little bit different, and they don't really have too many like radio friendly, commercial friendly songs or tracks, but. I appreciate the authentic, like, real creative side that he's presenting to us. So, I'm still listening to it. I'll definitely give you my, um, boy, my opinion. There you go. Pop. <laughs> Not even smiling. <laughs> did you catch him on the... Where did you caught him off? off? Downstairs. Oh, okay. I was about to say, because he didn't even know he was taking a picture the way he took it. What What was his favorite type of music? Um, oh, pop like country western. Did he? Okay. Yep, he loved country western, and he loved the blues. Yeah. No, I know it's not. Yeah, easy. man. It's not. Then he was listening to some good music. Uh, when I was when I uh, slapped time. when I slapped the shit out my sister. No, that hold weekend. on, let's not get into that. Yeah, but you we said, you said, gotta let the world know. <laughs> I slapped, I slapped the living shot we, we were just talking about loving your, we just talking about loving your family now. Yeah, no, I love her, but I slapped her ass. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. I slapped <laughs> the shit, I slapped the shit on her ass like uh. Shit. What's that movie when you see a pimp slap the hell out of a joint? Damn, I forgot that movie. I hope man. you're not talking about Ike and T. Now, I ain't do it. I ain't Iker. Nah, I ain't do it like that. <laughs> you sure? Nah, I ain't. I mean, I ain't Iker. But uh. You ain't Will Smith. You ain't Will nah. Smith. But you know, the last moment I had with Pop was at the cookout in April. I think that was a no. Actually, the last time I saw Pop was when I went to Fort Union. Oh, that was for the uh, what was that? The, my uh, homeboy, my 20th anniversary, man. That was what two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw that's when I saw him, and um, yeah, man. One, so, thing, one thing I will say before we can transition to the sports, because yeah. that's what we love to do. We love to talk about sports. That's what we do, basketball, boxing, all that. But I definitely encourage any and everyone listening, man, just, you know, don't think about it too much, man. You know, I tell people that that's my inner circle, even you, man, you think too much, bro. Don't overthink it. Take that vacation you want to take. Take your girl out. What are you thinking about it for? You know, like, for me, like, one thing about me, like, when I was earlier in my life, you know, I, I lived... <clears throat> A very strict Christian household, but I think as as I begin to explore and got older, whatever, I'm like I, I'm taking more risks. Like this past year, I went, I flew out to L.A. Um, first time. I I don't enjoy flying on airplanes, but like at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? Like for me, I can go out taking a risk, travel, man. You know what I'm saying? Visit your family more. 
You know what I'm saying? Have that barbecue. A lot of people are like, oh, no, I'll do it another time. But maybe another time may not come around. You know what I'm saying? Don't put up tomorrow what you can do today. You know what I'm saying? Because tomorrow's not promised. So while we're living in that moment, take advantage of that moment. This nigga slapping, slapping flies and shit. Second, I hate mosquitoes, man. I hate them, yo. Oh, shit. You know I, mean, I know, but you're going to slap me hitting that damn floor. Oh, damn. I ain't know my arms that long. You know what I'm I saying? I don't know. you going like this. I'm like, you, you, you all up on the chair like you motherfucking King David and shit. I'm looking like my... This is the chair that you got nigga, for me. Nigga, I'm looking like a peasant and shit. Looking up. <laughs> no, I mean? But we are about to get into this uh, podcast. We're going to talk about sports. Hold on. Let me see what we can do. Hold on. Are you good, man? Yeah, we can do it. We can do it, Joe. All right, because I'm, I'm just, you you have to set up a little bit. But I'm tired of hearing your stomach growling, growling and shit. Like, you be doing a little, nice little 50-minute joint. Then I just want to, yeah. No, I know. I know how you feel, man. Definitely reflecting um, on Pop. But um, was sure. he, he was a big boxing fan? Uh, more 70s, 80s, and 90s. He was a big Roy Jones fan. Roy Jones? Yeah, he loved Roy That's Jones. That's ironic because you you're not really a big fan of I Roy, hate Jones. Roy Jones. He used to record. Pop used to record Roy <laughs> Jones fights HBO After Dark, yo. Oh, the HBO After Dark. Yeah, the 90s, yo. He used to record that shit. He used to have a little tape, but he used to watch Roy Jones. He, used to, he was a big fan of Roy Jones. I mean, uh, Roy Jones was electric. He was, he was entertaining. You know, he had swag, he had confidence. He was the draw back in what the nineties, mid mid nineties to early two yeah, thousands. Ninety four, I like, say ninety five. Yeah, mid ninety. That's what I'm saying. Ninety five, ninety six. Always about what two thousand three, two thousand four, maybe. He was uh, he was the draw in my opinion, and I think that's what boxing is about too. Boxing obviously is about skill, technique, obviously going in the ring and and, and beating your opponents, but it's also about like create creating a legacy that when you look back, like. Was he an entertaining fighter, right? Did he um, capture the crowd, right? Did he talk the talk but walk the walk? And that's what I think that legends are made where you talk about guys like Roy Jones Jr., who you're not a big fan, but I, he was one of my favorite fighters back in those days. Um, Muhammad Ali, of course. Guys like that. Sugar Ray was a little bit more quiet, but he, you know, his, his, his fighting spoke for itself. But I always appreciated you know, showmanship, guys that go in the ring, and you pay your money to see a show. A show. You know what, man? You know who I never gave <clears throat> enough credit to who? as a fighter. Even though I saw him fight, he was. He, I know I always knew he was good because the way he did for the sport, you had to be good. But you know who put on the show? Who's that? Man, Hector Camacho. Man. Hector Camacho. When yeah. I really, when I saw the uh, the, the thing you put me onto on yeah. Showtime, mm -hmm. that was a great. I had a newfound respect for what he really gave boxing. Like, he was mm -hmm. dynamic. Mm -hmm. If he just stayed focused and didn't mess yeah. with the drugs, yeah. man, dude was, dude was, dude he, was he, he was He was special. Hector, I mean, everybody recognized how special Hector Camacho was, man. Feisty. Um, he's a southpaw. I, I just loved the, his fighting style. Of course, he's from New York. You know, you always got to put that in there. But um, loud, arrogant, you know, some people didn't like him, but... It didn't really matter because, and I, I always love, you know what I do appreciate, another thing I appreciate, and we're going to transition to the, to the recent fights. I always liked boxers that were fashionable, that had that made fashionable statements. They had flashy shorts, the wardrobe, the, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything was like bright, colorful, animated, 
I like I like fighters who come out of style. Speaking of which, I'm gonna tell you a guy who not only brings style to the ring with his wardrobe, but he also does it with his style of fighting. And that's your boy Boots. So tell me about Boots Ennis. Mr. Boots Ennis. So 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 I mean he's the guy for me is like you said he's the boogeyman of the welterweight division and he showed it again Saturday night Showtime live when he took care and this is what you're supposed to do and I, I do love Stevenson I love the way he fights but when you are a superior fighter you get him out of there period I mean there's no really excuses like he got that guy out of there and it was clear to get his dad told him for the fight he was like let him feel some of your power is. Yeah. He he's scared. He's scared. He, he don't want to be in there. Right. Man, he didn't want to be. Man, Custody your play <laughs> ain't do nothing. He didn't nobody. He ain't, man. And that was, I think, his first or second time getting knocked, not only knocked down, knocked out. So he's not a he's guy. A, he's undefeated. Right. He's not a guy that like. Well, Errol Spence was funny because they, when they interviewed Errol Spence, they were saying that he he just showed up for a payday, which I don't think that was the case. I think that he just got outclassed. By a superior fighter with power and speed. Did you see how quickly he was moving, transitioning back and forth between southpaw to regular conventional style? He was putting on a show. That's what I like about Boots too. Like he's so I like humble. And my mom, I was talking to my mom the other day. She don't really like loudmouth athletes, Kevin Garnett, guys like that. She like guys that are humble, quiet. They just go to work. Yeah, they go to work. Boots is a guy that, to me, exemplifies. Humble. He's he's humble. Sure he's very humble. Help anybody. Like they say in the gym, he help anybody out in the gym. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. another guy. I think he's a light heavyweight, or I think he a cruiserweight. Yeah. Man, he said nobody punishes him like Boots do in sparring. He said he sparred heavyweights. He spar. He said Boots. He said yo, the guy. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, um, I have. I don't have very famous opinions, but it just seems like we know there's a structure and there's a time in boxing where they're going to try to get the most money out of the best fight out there. Right. I, I truly would love to see Boots in his fight, Keith Thurman. I really would like there's to see all, him. There is some conversation about because that. Because now, then, because... Keith Thurman needs the fight. He definitely he needs does. it yep. to even be considered seriously as a comeback, and then he wants to be back in boxing, and be at the top. It is taking a risk though, because if he were to lose the boots, his career would be done. His career's already done. Well, I mean, I don't know about he. You came good. back and you fought. Uh, you let's just be honest here. Yep. You came back and you fought a guy that moved up at his first fight at one forty seven was an ex-unified world champion. Like, let's just be honest. Barrios had no business well, I agree with that. fighting Keith Thurman after a fight he had with Javante Davis. But hold on. But you you, you, you were saying that was a good fight for Keith Thurman to, 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 to get back in shape, a tune-up fight. You felt like he still could be a world champion. You said that. Maybe, I still, I still, uh, yeah, you're I did. contradicting yourself now. You I, know I did. You no, the, but the thing is, though, what we feel and what we think is momentary. Well, In the true. moment, and how I saw his performance against Barrios and Barrios fighting at a world class level right. against Javante Davis in the show he put on. He put on a show, a heart. And will yeah. So I said, okay, that's a that's a pretty good fight because he's coming off a fight that everybody expected him to lose, 
Everybody mm-hmm. expected him to lose that fight. Nobody even expected him to take that punishment and keep getting up. Well, I could probably Nobody saw that. So, him fighting Keith Thurman, I wouldn't have done it, but he did it. I mean, but you had, who was he going to fight, though? He's not going to come right back in and fight somebody like a Boots. That wouldn't make any sense. He's trying to get back in shape and prove that he's still a contender at the welterweight division. I think that was a perfect tune-up fight for him, to be honest with you. He looked pretty sharp. He looked in shape. I think that was a great, that was one of the best I've seen him look in a while. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where he's going to go from here as far as, like, moving forward, but I don't know, man. I think I think that he still can probably fight a couple of guys and, and maybe, hopefully, maybe hope and pray that Errol Spence and Buck Crawford moves up to 154, which is a possibility. Who is this? We're talking about um, Errol Spence moving up. Um, he, This is that He wanted Boots to chase him. Earl know that Boots would definitely, definitely detour him becoming undisputed at the pace he's trying to become undisputed. Well, I agree with well, that. Well, he's one belt away, right? He's one belt away. Okay. Now, we both have definitely, we both definitely believe in the skill of Bud Crawford, right? Right. The thing that scares me with Bud Crawford, we both said it, is his late, he he starts late, man. It takes him about a good five to six rounds yeah. to really figure out right. what he can use to win. I just don't feel his skills alone and how he fights will beat Earl Spence. No, right, you, you flip-flopping a little bit. No, I'm not flip-flopping. I'm, I'm looking at the fight stylistically. Like they always say, before the fight is in the ring, they always say what? Yeah. Keys to victory. Right. right? That's true. So we got to talk about it, right? The key to victory is Bud looks a lot stronger fighting Southpaw. I hope he doesn't use his ego to say, I'm going to beat him and I'm going to beat him fighting left handed. I hope Uh, he understands. It sounds like that's something he might do, though. Exactly. He's comfortable fighting in that that, um, Southpaw style. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's comfortable fighting in that style, and I think that he's going to fight his fight. Um, what I like about Errol Spence, too, before we get into um, who I really want to talk about, 154, of course, the champion. What I do like about Errol Spence is that... Um, no, I'm a homeboy. Oh. Hey, yo, I got you on the podcast, man. What you what, what you want to talk about, dog? What's up? <laughs> man, where you want to start at? I just texted you. Yeah. You know, so we, we where you want to start at? Did you did you see the fight this weekend though? Did you see the fight Jamal Jamel became undisputed? He defeated Costano. I did not see that fight. You need to yeah, see that you, fight. You need to see that yeah, fight. Yeah, you can't have him on if he he didn't see that fight. You're gonna have to watch the whole fight and come back with it because that was one of the best uh, fights of the year. All right, man. I'll be I'll be back. I I, I was uh I text Javon so he knew where I was at. Oh, oh okay. He said, "Sweet Pea, the best, cause he's from Virginia." He said, "Sweet Pea, <laughs> let him know, man. What? Let him know." Yeah, Sweet Pea, Sweet Pea Mayweather, dead. I, I really, I really appreciate the way Sweet Pea fought, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. He, he, he's a people's champion, Virginia's champion. We about to have Keyshawn Davis about to be the next one. Keyshawn Davis is up and coming. I think that he's gonna be 
a champion sooner rather than later. As long as he can get a little bit more under control, I think that he has to get his feet a little bit more wet. He is looking like the real deal. He's not ready for the top guys at 130, 135 yet. But he's so big and strong. Once he gets acclimated, gets more, a little more experience, he will be the future. I give him another year or so. Davis will be a champion. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys way, way more advanced than me. So 135, who y'all see running the division right now? Yeah. And who y'all want to see match up, man? Because to me, <clears throat> boxing not boxing right now. They they playing a whole lot of duck and run. They're not making the matchups. You know, who y'all want to see? Well, well, here, here's the thing. Between 135 and 140. Yeah, well, here's the thing, Brother John. Um, You got to start paying attention because the fights are starting to happen. They are starting to happen now. Like, I know before... We was asking for the fights. Remember last year we were talking about the fights weren't happening. But this year, the fights are starting to happen. We're starting to get champions at the 135 division, 130. But at 135, you know, we got um, Devin Haney uh, potentially. Well, he's at 130. But Devin Haney's fighting Cambosis, who is the champion. That's for everything. That's for all the marbles. That's for the undisputed champion. That's going to be coming up in June. So that's a big fight to watch. That's for everything. Yeah, so the Devin Haney fight, that's big time. That's, um, a that's an undisputed world title title fight. And you got to remember, yo, I mean, I know you ain't trying to hear this, but Javante, we know he's, he's supposed to crush Roley, but it's still a fight to see. You know what I'm saying? But I know what you're saying as far as 135. I think the best 135 pen of Javante Davis right now. Yeah. And, and I know for a fact yeah. if Devin Haney get in that, in that smoke, he going to get smoked. Well, I, he gonna get I, smoked. I, I agree with that, but Tank Davis has, has some issues right now because he's gonna be a free agent. He's gonna he's walking away from Mayweather promotion. So we we trying to figure out what's gonna happen after his last fight with Roley. That's gonna be a fight coming on Showtime pay per view May twenty eighth. So two weeks from now, we'll see a big time fight between Tank and Roley. Not for nothing, Roley's gonna be a big challenge for him. He's a big time puncher uh, and who takes a lot of risks, but he's not scared. So I would stay tuned for that fight. Um, that's going to be a good one. But I don't know if you want to pay for it. I'll just probably watch the... <laughs> Wait until a day I later. Tank, I got Tank easy in that fight. Roley got a lot of power, but technically I don't see Roley doing too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, agree. I, agree. I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I just still think that, you know, it only takes one punch. I think Tank Davis could, for the first time in a long time, get rocked. I think he'll still recover. But I just think that his mind is not right there. I think that you'll see him being a little bit distracted because he ain't trying to fight, man. He don't want to fight with Mayweather and them no more. So you might see a little bit of a distraction early on in the fight, but he'll adjust and he'll probably uh, at least knock Roley down later in the fight between the ninth I'm, and 10th I'm round. Also, if that fight's going to actually happen. Which one? Because you know how the cards go sometimes. We ain't. Am I breaking up, fellas? I'm on Newmarket, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, you good? Good. yeah, yeah, you good. You good. Oh, yeah. No, that fight, that fight, that fight is written. That happened because you know how it goes sometimes. Yeah. You know. You know, we got a we got a good one. We waiting on it, then they're like, oh, somebody got to answer. Yeah. So that, I'm actually yeah. wondering if that's gonna actually happen, man. You know, if it does, I think tank easily, man, because he just he go he, he just want to class him. Roll is not ready. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, but I think the fight is going to be good to go, man. I mean, we got we unless something crazy be, happens. I think I think also, John. I'm, I, I love I, I love your 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 intel on on boxing because I ain't never hear you like this. This is I like this because you in my arena now. I think what a lot of people don't understand what Roley is is that 
he's not afraid. He's not afraid of the right. moment. Right. And that's a scary thing because most people are already scared to take before they got in the ring. Yeah, he has you know what I'm saying? He's very intimidating. It's, and, it's, huh? It's youth. Yeah, and Roly, you know, I think Roly's younger. Roly, Roly's, I think, a couple. They're, they're very, I think, so I think he might be a year or two younger. So, you know, and that, that ignorance he might have to pay for. Oh, yeah, but what you think about Ryan Garcia fighting uh, Cruz? Garcia and Cruz, I haven't watched that fight yet. No. I, I, I haven't even peeped that one. No, they, no, they, 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 well, they go well, fight. They, no, no, wait, wait. We got, come on, Jay, you yeah, should know better. I haven't even. That I fight, they called it off, man. That one, I didn't know real They fight. did call it off? Possibly. From what I remember seeing, it looks like um, Ryan Garcia, let me just make sure, but I think that Ryan Garcia fight was um, postponed, man, against uh, Pitbull? Yeah. I'm pretty sure of it. But this is very recent. I think this was like a day or two ago. So that's not a fight. Hold on. If I'm not mistaken, they call that fight off. Let me see. Um, it's a 50-50 shot. This was two days ago. They said it wasn't happening. So I don't I don't know. That fight's up in the air. Because Pitbull said something about he not ready or he want to fight somebody else. It, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't that he don't match up well, man. He don't. Ryan is five eleven, bro. Yeah, it's just he too he small. He a five eleven lightweight against a five foot four lightweight. I told everybody he gonna punish him. I can see that happening. He gonna punish him, dog. Yeah. So it says if no agreement is reached between Garcia's promoter Oscar De La Hoya, which is Golden Boy, and Al Heyman, a purse will be held on June fourteenth. So this is up in the air, bro. It's not solidified that fight. Back. Yo, John. Yes, sir. Man, we enjoyed you on the podcast, man. We enjoyed you tuning in. Stay tuned. Yo, make sure you listen to our, our next po- our episode. I'm going to send it to him. Send it to him, yeah. send it to him yo. Definitely. So you can hear your voice on the joint, man. We up in the, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We in the lab now on the I, we on the um, the iMac joint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Matter of fact, let me know when y'all dropping so I can tune in. Because, you know, man, I love the fights, man. You know, yeah. I love the fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> fisticuffs, I haven't heard that in a while. You know, I just, you caught me off a whim, so I'm kind of ignorant to some of the fights. So I don't want to be like that, you know, because I don't really watch it as much as I used to. I'm going to be honest. Right. I'm not as much as a fan as I used to be, but I got my picks out there. Now, you know? no, and, and you're not the only one. That's why we bring this podcast out here, man, because a lot of people need to get caught up with the with the boxing thing. And we, you know, we are guys, man. We keep you up to speed with where every going, everything going on. So. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you, brothers, man. Hey, keeping the sport alive, man. Yes, sir. Hey, y'all have a great night, man. Thanks for having me on. Always, bro. Peace. All right, man. Peace, peace. Man, that's my nigga, shit. That's my dude right there. But um, I want to get into something. Um, let's get into the champion. The champion. And, and, and I'm gonna start off by this because I, I I had a lot to say about the Charlo brothers. And let me just preface this by saying this. <laughs> Let me just say this real quick. I'm not going to apologize, <laughs> right? Because she laughing at it. Like, yo, I'm not going to apologize uh-huh. because I rewatched the first we fight. We both had shit to say about this. No, we did. Because, but but here's, here's what I'm going to say. Let me just talk on this real quick. Castano, Castano, after rewatching the first fight, it is clear that Castano did win the fight. And the reason why I said it is because Vasquez, uh, the second judge, gave that the scorecard of 117 to 111. That's too much of a big gap to Charlo. Charlo did not win the fight by that big of a margin. But 
he did win the last two rounds, possibly even the last three rounds. He was the better fighter in terms of skill, but the bigger punches and the, the, the punches that got off more in terms of the exchanges was Castano. He had the bigger punches, um, especially in the middle of the fight, or even, no, I'm sorry, from the beginning, like the second round into the middle of the fight, Castano had uh, Charlo against the ropes way too many times. And what I, what I saw the first fight was that Charlo had a hard time fighting on his back foot in the ropes. He kept getting into the ropes, which was a lot. He controlled the end of the fight, so 10th, 11th, and 12th round, with his jab, his 1-2, and he has power. Charlo has power. And I saw that in the first fight because I think in round 1 or round 3, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Charlo had Castaño in trouble more than once. But I think Castaño won the first fight, and, and I know you're going to talk about the second right, second fight. But the second fight, bro, I'm really impressed with Charlo. I'm really impressed with his um, temperament. Like, he didn't get rattled. He controlled the fight. He dictated the pace. And not only that, Castaño came late as hell for the fight. I was about to fall asleep. Did you watch the whole, oh, thing? The whole thing? Bro, he came to the arena late as hell, right? Because Charlo was there early with his brother, getting ready. He, he knew he wanted it, man. And what I saw, I saw the... Eye of the Tiger. I knew he was going to come out ready to go. And what I will apologize is the fact that I do appreciate Black Fighters. I'm Black everything. That's what I am. I love Black Fighters. I like brothers. But your girlfriend Dominican. So? She black, nigga. nigga listen, 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 I love oh, brothers, man. I love brothers that stick together. Jamal was there for his brother the whole time, bro. Talking to him, making sure he was focused, ready to go, in his ear, keeping him calm. And he did the work that he was supposed to do. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to let you go into it. Derek James, black trainer, I think that's going to be trainer of the year because not only did he help uh, Charlo get to, not only, I'm, we're, not, we're not talking about a champion. He's the undisputed champion, 154, first time ever. Um, and that's a big time. And he got Errol Spence is about to be undisputed. And then he's if, on, he wins. if he wins, he's gonna have Errol Spence. Two as a, undisputed champions that he trained. That's and, amazing. And, and I'm be honest with you, man. It's time to continue to give to me, and I know you do it, but I have to do it more to give these black fighters their just due, man. Especially Jamel, because I think Jamel. After we watch some of these fights, I think Jamel is more skilled than Jabal. And I think you said that before. Been said you that. been you been said that, and I, and I agree with you. He's more skilled than his older brother. Um, Jamal definitely relies on his power too much. But Jamel did what people thought he couldn't do. And he became the undisputed champion and fought. You said that's the fight of the year. Yeah, that's fight of the year to me. So, so far, in the five months, in the year 2022, this this is the best fight. Of and this why is that? I mean, I, I know it's because it was fight um, This is why, man. The fight was just... It had... All of the drama, it yeah. had all of uh, the excitement, and every you know, you know, what's the word I'm looking for when people are just waiting to be excited? You know, the bedazzlement of Dyke, yeah, the fight, you know, everybody's like on eggshells, and the energy that Charlo came to the ring with, man, was yeah. like ice cold, yeah, he was ready. I mean, and, he looked uh, like a cold-blooded killer coming out the ring. Oh, yeah. Focus. He was focused, man. And I I, I was really impressed by his counter-puncher. Yep. 
And he, he did was, do that in the first fight, though. He did do that in the first fight, but I think it took him a little bit longer. He was on Castano's ass in the second fight. He didn't wait. He didn't wait. He took it to him. Yeah, he, he didn't wait. Because he said he said it before in, in, in the press conference. He said, the last fight, um, I let I, I gave it to the hand of the judges. He said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm, I'm not doing it. He went for broke. You know what I'm saying? I mean, every punch was for, for brute force trauma. But Castano still kept bringing the pressure. Uh, because that's, you know, like I told you, man, little guys fight, big guys box. And sometimes you meet a fighter, fighter like Jamal, not Jamal, but Jamel, sorry. Jamal, yeah. Jamel Charlo. And so I told you a long time ago, I told you last year, it's hard to beat a guy that can box and fight. Right. And Jamel can box yep. and he can fight. Yeah. It is hard to beat that when you are you a pressure fighter. Pressure fighters do good with boxers that move side to side and fight backwards. Mm-hmm. They can cut the ring off, but when you're fighting somebody that can fight right with you and fight you off of them, yeah, and get you in the middle of the ring and box, it, it's just really hard to beat somebody like that. He took Castano took. He actually, you know, what's so funny about the fight. He took more risk in the first fight than he did in the second. I think in the second fight, he was a little bit more reserved or conservative because if you notice, they were talking about he used his jab more. He didn't use no jabs in the first fight, really. I mean, he threw probably about 10 jabs the whole fight. The second fight, he was a little bit trying to be a little bit more methodical with his jab. He still came inside. He still applied that pressure. But ironically, the punch that he did not see coming, bro, is the one that got him. I agree with that. And that left hook, I didn't even, it was so short. And it's like, it, it hit some of the glove, but for that, for that to still hurt him like that, man, he, he, I was, was like, was, I was, was like, like, wow. His legs were still wobbly after the first knockdown. Now, the first, they're saying that the, after the first knockdown, the ref should really called it then. But I think what because of the the um the moment, because of what, they were, what was at stake, he let him go back in there and he... <laughs> Didn't recover, so I give a lot of kudos to um, Jamel Charles and his team, man, his trainer, his brother, all that, because he wasn't fighting no bum. You had to earn everything that you got for that championship, that undisputed championship. And now the question I have for you is, what does the future look like um, for Charlo at one fifty four? He's moving up. I, I definitely believe he's moving up. Um, that's but, only if his brother moves up too, though. He's going to go to 68. Jamal is definitely going yeah, to Yeah, I think that's inevitable. Because he wants yeah. that Canelo fight. So he's going to go to 168. Yeah, I, I think um, that's going to happen. But, so, but my, my, see, this is the only thing that I don't really like, though. And, and I think we talked about this before. Moving up to middleweight, super middleweight, and trying to get that paycheck with Canelo, which I understand why. But I still really want Charlo to fight Triple G or fight Boo. Like, Andrew, I want him to fight. He has, I want him to do the same thing. This is where I'm going to give credit what credit is due. I want him to do the same thing that his brother did, which was not unify. I want to see more undisputed champions, man. To me, that's what to I want to see. To me, because boxing, because, you know, this is the thing, right? And we understand this. Boxing now is... A bigger business and co- more corrupt than it ever was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not as co- it's more. It was more corrupt in the forties and fifties because the mob. 
it was way more boxing was way more corrupt. Yeah. Okay. It was it was obvious that guys were throwing fights back then. Right, and you're not, you're saying it's not as much. It's as not as now. bad. It's, it's, they don't. But, but it's more it's then. more of a um a money thing where as it's, far as negotiation it's, it's political as hell. Political now. as far as negotiations. It's not, yeah, yeah, it wasn't as yeah. political then because yeah. promoters because the mob ran the promoters. Yeah, they controlled that aspect of boxing. Mm-hmm. So now what we have to understand is to be the real champion, you gotta be undisputed because. There's so many belts in boxing. So now, when a fighter has all of the belts, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He is truly the champ. The champion, yep. So now, if you're not undisputed, you're just one or four of the champions. Right. You can't have four champions in one division. But you have four belts in, a, in every division. And that's it. You said it's too many belts. And uh, it's too many I sent belts you some. Boxing, oh, open man. that up real quick. I sent you something with um, Andre Ward. He was talking about that very same thing. I knew you would appreciate it. I don't think you came across. He was on a, another podcast, and he was just talking about the business of boxing, the the the, um, the governing bodies. Um, it's a money making thing, and he kind of talked about it. More. Let me play that real quick. Did you get it, Andre Ward? For me. You be acting like you don't know how to use a cell phone, bro. Oh, chill out, bro. Chill out. Your phone just whacked this bitch. How do they justify a percentage of your gross pay? Oh, they, you know, they supervise the fighting. You know, they send their officials. You have commissions for that. It's just one of those things in boxing that have been around for a long time. And nobody questions it. Now, some fighters, when they get into a position and they have the leverage, you can negotiate. And I'm going to go ahead and put that nugget out there for fighters. You can negotiate. Floyd Mayweather's not paying 3% of what he fought Manny Pacquiao for. I guarantee you. Manny Pacquiao's not paying 3%. I don't like it, Kate. I don't understand what they do for the money. We can't say that we hate seeing fighters broke at the end of their careers. And it doesn't help when you have everybody's hand in your pot. Promoters, managers, sanction of bodies, God knows who else. It's a problem. What do the sanction of bodies do to justify taking that kind of percentage from a fighter's part? I'll wait. Hmm. What do you think about that? Um, this is what I think about it. Um, I'm going to repeat pretty much what Jason Williams said about the NCAA. When you're a student athlete, you're an indentured servant. Hmm. So sanctioning bodies, they're implementing indentured servitude. You get a percentage of my pay <laughs> because I fought to become a champion? Yeah. And so now you got to pay the sanctioning fees on yep. every belt you have. So now you become the real champ by being undisputed. Right. And then you have to pay sanction fees on the IBF, the WBA, the WBO, the WBC, yeah. WBC. That is ridiculous. So now guess what? Now they are pretty much justifying why fighters like Tank, why fighters... He's the only fighter that's doing it. Like Mayweather is Tank Davis. Mm-hmm. I fight for money. I right. don't care about the. I don't care about being a champion. I gotta pay section fees on the belt yeah, anyway. I see what you're saying. That's taken away from my money. I gotta pay section fees every year or whenever I don't want to fight. You're gonna find me. Then you're gonna strip me of the title if I don't defend it. So I gotta fight to make the money, and I gotta keep on paying the section fees. Yeah. So the more I fight, the more you're getting paid Basically, too. Basically, yep. So, like he said, you paying promoters, then you got to think about the trainers, you got to think about the manager, everybody's getting a cut. 
So now think about, okay, say Tank Davis, they broker the deal, and he I think he gets like four million a fight. Four or five million. Yeah. That's before pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, you're getting four million and you're getting money, the percentage of pay-per-view. So if Simmons and Tank made ten million dollars and the sanctioning fee cut is three percent. Mm. Think about that. Yeah, I mean they not shit. I mean, they're making that much money after all that. Then you pay trainers, then you pay taxes. Taxes, yep. Bro, like I ain't gonna. That's more money than I will ever see. But they taking them to the cleaners. They take them to the cleaners. So now, like, this is why guys. That's why. That's why I don't understand how Keith Thurman. It's not. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, bro, you need to fight. What? Right. Exactly. Because you're not the cash cow Canelo is. You know what I'm saying? You're not the cash cow that you know these big time fighters are. So. And you're not the champion. So I just feel like, man, I don't know how you feeding your family, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and did you wonder why you see a Canelo Alvarez fighting two, three, four times a year? He's still trying to make money. I mean, let's not get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are still trying to make money. If I was a fighter, bro, I'd be fighting two, three times. I'm a worker. I'd be fighting two, three times at least a year. Yeah, man, we say that, man. I know you stay in shape. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm going to be honest, bro. You got to stay in the gym. Bro. You got to stay punching. You got to stay sparring. You but that's the lifestyle sharp. that you signed I, up I for. I get it, bro. But you talk about doing this three times a year. At least two. It's, Look it's at Boots. It's second time fighting this year. Yeah but, yeah, but he's young for one. Right. For two, we got to think. Mike Tyson was fighting four times a month. Right. Exactly. And when, when a month one time. You know why? Because then, first, he's the heavyweight. Oh, that's he's true. not really cutting weight. He's, right. just, he's just getting yeah. shit to fight. Right, but that's even the, even the heavyweights nowadays don't fight that often though. Now, it's the wear and tear, bro. I agree with they, you, but you're a not, fighter. That's what you do. That's what you do for a living. And I, I feel like this, honestly. I feel like the strategic am I ma- thing. Am I making excuses? No, you, no, you're not making excuses. But it sounds like it. I, even though I know what you're saying, I think strategically, bro, you fight as much as you can while you're young. In your early twenties, like you see what Shakur Stevenson is doing, establish a legacy quick. Fast and in a hurry. Because once you're 30, you see what's going on with Chris Paul. You hit 37, nigga came and played basketball no more. Oh, my God. I, I mean, like, I don't even know how oh I'm going to get Because we definitely going to talk about oh that nigga, Chris Paul. God. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, I will, I will break let's, down. Let's, let's get into that. No, let's I, get into, I, yeah, let's we'll talk about basketball. Let's get into basketball. All right, let, let, let's hold on. Let me pause real quick. Hold on. I'm going to get some water. Because we are going to break that down. And I'm going to tell you exactly what happened with uh, Chris Paul. So let's talk about basketball, and then we're going to be done. A lot happened, though. Okay. All right. You ready? Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns, okay? So this is my element. This is this is what I do. Basketball. And I am sick of the bullshit with these soft ass basketball players. <laughs> Fucking Devin Booker. Light skinned ass niggas. Oh shit. These pretty boy ass niggas. And uh, listen, let's not I'm not, you know, no no homo, I'm not gay, but like Devin Booker is a good looking guy, right? Mm-hmm. 
I've always admired Devin Booker as a basketball player. I think he's he's a he's a offensive prodigy. Oh, no. He I mean he can score in any way, any anyhow on the basketball court. I think he's he's one of the most complete offensive basketball players in the game today, right? Uh, and his favorite players, Kobe, looked up to him, you know, the mob mentality, all that. But here's my problem with him first, before we get Tatum into Chris Paul. Listen, one thing, let, let me talk, because I'm about to go off on this nigga Devin okay, Booker. Hey, everybody, I don't know mm-hmm. shit about uh, basketball. All right. I know, but coming out of wheel, coming out of Kentucky, I knew Devin Booker was going to be a, a, at least an All Star. He has a quiet demeanor, right? And I think that even though he has a quiet demeanor, he, he's he's very forceful on the court offensively. But there are times when I feel like he is a bit passive to me, and it showed last night. Nigga shot fourteen times and made three shots. You 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 go into halftime, nigga, with t- a total of twenty seven points as a team. Luca, Luca, and game I, le- I believe it was game five or going game, no, game six. Luca said, "Yo, you pussy, nigga." He ain't said the n word. You ain't see that video? He said, "Yo," you, he said, "Everybody want to be tough when they up." Cause keep in mind, yeah, because yeah, keep in mind, Phoenix was up during in, in the in the series at one point, and that's where a lot of people thought that Phoenix was going to easily win the, win the series in five or maybe six. And I kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen. It was a three one, wasn't it? No, it was a, it was um it was it was actually two two, but they went up three two. Phoenix lost. Uh, Dallas went up. They won in Dallas, and they closed. They tied up three three, and then it went into Phoenix and destroyed these niggas by fifty thousand points. Um, they weren't ready. The Suns weren't ready last night. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Devin Booker wasn't aggressive. I think he's scared of Luka, by the way. I think he's scared of Luka. I, which I would never have thought that Devin Booker would be like shook. But I could tell that he was nervous. And he just, for whatever reason, even in the first half, I could tell he wasn't in rhythm. And I'm just like, bro, that's not what Kobe would want from you, bro. I don't care if you shoot 95 times. You're gonna will your team to victory, and that and and you can't. Here's my thing with um Booker too. You young, bro. Chris Paul is an older player. You expect him to be your leader, but he's not your best player. So you're putting all the onus off Chris Paul. And I'm gonna tell you strategically what they did. You can ask me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down because I knew you asked me earlier what happened to the Suns. What what, what could the Suns do to make adjustments? That's a great question. Which, it sound like they want no adjustments, man. But and that's why Jason, in my opinion, Jason Kidd outcoached Monty Williams this time. He did, he did. And what I do like about both these two teams, which I was rooting for both of them, but I was kind of rooting for um more for the Suns because I really appreciate Monty Williams as a coach, black coach. He lost his wife in a car accident, if you remember, about two, three two years, years ago. ago. Yep, yeah. that was sad. And he came back, man. This year, congratulations to Monty Williams, one coach of the year. He led he led his Phoenix Suns to a sixty four I mean sixty four wins is that's a lot they were the best team in the NBA all season long so I always root for um black coaches man I really do but he got he got out coached by Jason Kidd bro yeah we we like Wesley Snipes we always bet on black Patrick most of the time always bet on black man all right but I mean there are times when you, you see I'm about to say nigga. You know what I'm saying? I, we don't always make it about race, but at the end of the day, I ain't losing my money if the nigga can't. If you trash, trash I don't care if you yeah. black, red, green, purple. You trash. Yeah, like, and, and, and the Suns played like trash. And so, 
What was that? I didn't watch. Who was that? Nah, I'm gonna tell you what what happened. Now you you're asking me a very good question. You said, "Yo, what could have the Suns do differently?" Honestly, the only thing that I think they could have done differently was be a little bit more aggressive. But it was hard because what the Sun, what the Dallas Mavericks did was very smart. The first thing was they blitzed Chris Paul in the pick and rolls. And then they had, even on single covers, they had guys like Finney Smith, Bullock. These are 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 wings that are literally stopping Chris Paul from being able to see over the top. Preventing him from making those passes. Preventing, they're not even worrying about the, the, um, the screens. They just fighting over the screen and they're going to make sure Chris Paul works every possession. Chris Paul is barely 6'1". So they made so he was tired. As hell. Look, Chris Paul is barely 6'1". They say he's 6 feet. That's debatable. When you have a guy that's 6'7", 6'8", that's guarding you steadily up the court, which Bullock knows Chris Paul very well. He played on his AAU team. Bullock was guarding him 94 feet most of the time coming up the court. Long arms, long wings. Nothing Chris Paul could have done work. Even when you involved him with the pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton. I was very pissed off with DeAndre Ayton. Soft ass niggas. Damn. So DeAndre in game seven, right? Last night I'm watching game seven. De- I'm like, yo, why DeAndre Ayton not back in the game, bro? He played a total of 17 minutes in the game. Look, I think he had like seven points or some shit. I, I don't even know. Disrespectful numbers. Two, three rebounds. And they- yeah, it never happened to him be. Well, no, because Embiid is tougher than that. Embiid going to give it his heart. Even if he's with a fractured finger, broken orbital bone, he's still going to give it his all. DeAndre Eaton is trying to get a contract, my nigga. Like, he's trying to get money, right? The beginning of this year, him and the, the, the Phoenix Suns did not agree on a, uh, on a, on a contract. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, they offered him, I think, a four-year deal. Uh, I think 90 million. I forgot what it was. It was a four-year deal. And he declined. Like, yo, I want more money than that. Okay. You want more money than that, but... One of the biggest games in your life in Phoenix at home in a game seven opportunity to play for the Western Conference Finals. Nigga, you had like fucking five points. Then he tells, then they ask Monty Williams like, yo, what happened? That's an internal thing. So you telling me money's the reason why you didn't go back in the game or was it your pride that got hurt, nigga? Which one was it? Sounds, sounds like pride. He didn't go back in the game. I'm like, yo, I'm done. I'm not saying that DeAndre Aiden doesn't have potential. He's still a very, I think he's only like 22 or 20. He's very, very young, right? His rookie year, rookie contract is done. He's looking for big money. But I'm going to be honest with you. He didn't play well enough to me in the series for to get a big-time contract. So I have a good question. Since you're judging off of his performance in these playoffs, right? And even last year's playoffs to an extent. Was, if, you, if you was in the front office yeah. and you brokered the deal, Mm-hmm. To sign or re-sign players, mm-hmm. and you're brokering a deal with the agents. What would be a reasonable contract if he wanted to stay? See, I'm saying all this to say, and it might sound like I'm contradicting myself. You do want to try to arrive at a number that's fair for both parties, right? Because he is still young. He has still more potential, right? He is your center. You, if you lose him, you really don't have a chance to get back. Right. So they understand his value, and he understands his value. So it's always always going to be about business. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to... Sometimes you have to overpay for what you want, right? But my question really is for Phoenix Suns, 
the way he went out in game seven, do you really want to overpay for a guy that pretty much quit on you? Like you have to question you have to question that. Ah, that's a good question. The money that he got offered, that's the deal that I would offer again. I would give him a four year deal. I don't know about a five year deal, but I would consider anything less than a hundred million dollars. Well, I have to look at it again. I think it was four years. He four years, eighty five or ninety five, up to ninety five, something like that. He's like, yo, I want more than that shit, and I get it. His agent is like, yo, we get, we want more. He he looks at himself as a franchise center, which is ironic because he has not even made an All Star game yet. But um, he has potential. It doesn't sound like he deserves eighty five million. Nah, I think eighty five million is fair. I think the actually that might be a little low. I'll give him no more than a hundred. And if he thinks he needs more than that, he need to go somewhere else. Because after fucking game seven, when you ain't show up, nigga, you lucky you get What's anything. Okay, he leaves. Okay, say he leaves Phoenix. What is a good fit for Andre? Um, for De- uh, DeAndre Eaton. DeAndre. Um, because of the center, he's he's he doesn't really have a jump shot. He has a little hook shot, but his he he does have um his game is more old school, like a. I wouldn't say Hakeem's. Definitely not Hakeem. No, I wouldn't do that. But I'm trying to think quickly of a guy that maybe David Robinson, something like that. I guess um, similar. Um, but he doesn't have quite the footwork. But again, he's young. So I don't really want to act like he, it is, his career is over. But he's a 17, 18 a career score, something like that. And that eight, nine rebounds. I really want those numbers to be higher. 23, 24. He needs to be playing like that. Him and Booker needs to be the cornerstone of the Phoenix Suns, and, and Chris Paul just needs to be like the general, right? If you're expecting Chris Paul to drop 20 points, 15 assists a game, you, you, you're just dumb. You don't know basketball. Like, he might have that on some nights, but it's very apparent that he don't have that every night. You know when we get in our mid-30s, heading into our 40s, our body's not the same, and that's exactly what happened with Chris Paul. It's not. But... You have to give credit real quick before we go into the other basketball game um, series real quick. But before, but even when you talk about, let's not talk, focus so much on what Phoenix didn't do, even though I could really talk about that all day with Chris Paul failing once again in the playoffs because I feel like he gets a pass because people like Chris Paul. But all that shit he be talking, he talk a lot of mess for a guy that hasn't won shit, honestly. Why you got to say it like Nah, because I feel like Chris Paul... He's let me down, man. He's never come through in game sevens. Look at his record, bro. So I have a question, man. As you know, my, I'm going to see if you understand. Who I always rave about is my Michael Jordan, my favorite player. Isaiah Thomas, right? Do you know they compare him to Isaiah? A lot, yeah. And I see why. He's feisty. But guess what? Isaiah win, though. True. And I can't take that away from Isaiah Thomas, which why people... Isaiah never played with no motherfuckers like no motherfucking... Booker? Harden. Yeah, he played with Harden. That's true. So could you imagine? He played. He played with Blake Griffin. He's he's imagine? failed everywhere he's gone. He's not. He's come up short, and a lot of it is injury. His hand broken, fractured, wrist, his ass, his hamstring, his leg. Now they're saying, and I don't know if they're making excuses, but Chris Paul is injury prone to an extent. Now they're saying he had a bruised quad. I don't know, bro. He was playing really good in the earlier the series. He had 20, 25. Like, hit the first two, three games, he was playing great. Maybe he should shave his head. All right. I knew that was coming. <laughs> anyway, Dallas is, is going gonna, is gonna to pose a real form, a formidable um, 
threat to the Golden State Warriors. Would, would, would you agree with me that Chris Paul hairline and scalp is on my screen? <laughs> I mean, doesn't he have a hairline fracture? Oh, I'm sorry, Clay. This is coming from a nigga like you with no hair at all. I just want him to join the club. Nigga, we wait. Nah, see, here's the thing. So, l- let's get into the hair thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you are, if you have, <laughs> yo, if you have your, if you're balding in the middle, but you still have your hair line, should you shave it all off? Is the question. What's the other dude that got that shit? You didn't like answer. Doc Rivers. The right don't. I'm about to talk about that nigga, Doc Rivers. That <laughs> asshole, Doc Rivers, who's always throwing his players under the bus, never taking accountability for his own coaching or lack thereof. Is he one of the most overrated coaches? Definitely. The nigga's still holding on to that fucking 2008 championship with the um Boston Celtics, because if it wasn't for them, he would have no ring. Don't get me started with no fucking Doc Rivers. Is, is his son even still in the league? I ain't hear nothing about no, his son. No, he's still, yeah. He is? Dad, you don't be watching basketball, I don't bro. Watch. I, I he played his son. His son played Austin River. See, you be bro. You in a time, bro. You like Doc, uh, uh, Marty McFly from fucking time. <laughs> from from no from, from from Back to the Future. <laughs> My hairline was Back to the Future, nigga. The shit gone. Nigga. Way back, nigga. <laughs> like we way back. Now Austin Rivers, his son plays for Denver. Anyway, um. At least now. I don't know about next year. Um, but yeah, I don't want to talk about Doc Rivers. That nigga get on my nerves, bro. Because it's always something. It's always an excuse. He's sitting here talking about, yo, um, I don't even want to pull up the sound bite of the video because it's going to piss me off even more. He talking about nobody expected us to be here. I took over a team that wasn't expecting, didn't have championship aspirations. Nigga. Oh, my God. Did he say that? He definitely did. Yo. Made I, excuses. If I was one of his players... I, I, I don't he, know how he, I would feel about that. Bro, he, every, time in, t- every time I turn around, he's always, well, James Harden has to play better and this and that. And, and I agree. And I don't want to talk about James Harden because me and my brother always talk about James Harden. And I already said he's a loser. Literally. <laughs> he said he's a loser. Literally. <laughs> Excuse the coughing. I've been crying today, everybody. Excuse the voice, man. No, we, we understand, I've bro. I've been crying today, man, so. I get my it. voice sound a little messed up, but yo, I needed some laughs, man. I think that's what that's one that's laughs, that's what's man. therapeutic and good about sports in general, but also specifically our podcast because, as you know, we don't really just talk about sports; we talk about all the shit, niggas, hairline and shit, balding. Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> so, uh, this, this is the thing, though. Like, let's get back on basketball and back on mm-hmm. your feelings of not just Chris Paul. But overall, the mm-hmm. playoffs, like, this year might really, if Golden State wins, or yeah. actually if Golden State makes it to the finals, mm-hmm. and Boston makes it. Yeah, which is, what my, Boston, which, I, which is my prediction, by the way. That Boston's going to win it all. Well, I don't want to say it because I hate, I, I don't care who's listening. I do not, I do not like Boston. The city of Boston, I just can't stand Oh, yeah. But I do appreciate. Ironically, I love all the players on Boston. Marcus Smart, Jason State, Tatum. Boston got the 
Legends. They do. They Red all. Sox. You know what makes me sick? Celtics. How is it that I every mean, year some team from Marvin fucking Massachusetts, right? Every some every, some, some team from Massachusetts is always winning shit, and that's what I hate. I'm New from England New York. Patriots, you're right. I mean, bro, like, nigga, you gonna make it, make me it, mad now? I'm just saying, my, I'm just being. No, you're right, and that's what I don't is like. It's safe to say, like all around sports cities and franchises and cities. Boston the really Boston area, I would, yeah. Boston really might be the title town. The area of Boston seems to represent champ, more championships than pre, pretty much any area in America. I agree with that. I, and it just really, seems that they way. They really might be the title town of America. And especially if the Celtics figure out a way to win this um, series against Miami, which it's I think they were. I, I think the Celtics it's are the. And I, and I said it before, um, I think my dad called me. I said the winner of the Milwaukee Bucks Boston Celtics series will probably end up winning, not only getting to the finals, but probably winning the championship. Because the Bucks. The Bucks played well enough to beat the Celtics. They just didn't have enough because Chris Middleton was out. He was hurt. And I think um, Giannis did everything he could to will his team to victory. Even though they were up 3-2, it just wasn't enough, bro. The Celtics just hit you with bombs literally from everywhere. That's why, yo, they, they put up almost 63 pointers, bro, last night in that game seven in Boston. I just knew that you know, Milwaukee didn't have enough. They don't have enough perimeter shooting. They don't have enough perimeter. Without Chris Middleton, they don't have enough on the wings, bro. I mean, Giannis got to do everything. Put up 40, put up 50, grab 25, 30 rebounds. Drew Holiday does what he can, but he's not necessarily a scorer. He's capable of putting up 20, 25. But if they don't have Middleton, um, they, they don't have enough. And that's what ended up happening. Do you think Middleton's a perfect fit in Milwaukee? Absolutely. I think he's a guy that... I love the way Milwaukee's constructed their team, right? Because when you look at the Bucks, right, you have Giannis. They center their team around Giannis, who's a franchise player, a superstar. In my opinion, he's the best player in the league. And I said that last year. Um, well, what we can say is this. Milwaukee still are the defending NBA champions until a champion is crowned. Right. I mean, that, that, that will be done in the next and few weeks. This is the thing. This is why I feel some type of way about Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee won the fucking finals, right? Yeah, last year. It was bitter fucking sweet. Why? Because Green Bay can't win shit oh. in Wisconsin. And Milwaukee did. And, you know, I know I know how that could irk your nerves, for real. Because like, the, fuck, the Packers are overrated, bro. And so is... This I, year, I, now, I'm going to be real with you. They, they got know, talent. They got talent. You know I be negative as fuck. I be like, hey, no more. You said that last year, though. You, I be hating no more. No, but, yo, the defense that we're going to have I think our defense, how we're building a defense for Aaron, we're building a defense that can keep offenses honest. We got we got pass rushing, even though I don't like the fact that we got rid of um, Zadarius Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean Zadarius Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't like the fact we got rid of Zadarius Smith. He had a, a back injury that kept him out of most of all the season. Then he comes back against the 49ers, get a sack. Off of surgery, bro. Dog. And I don't know why we we cut him, but we re-signed um, Preston Smith to $58 million. You know what's so crazy, too? Aaron Rodgers ain't trying to take no pay cut, neither. He ain't trying to help. He ain't trying to do the Tom Brady. He ain't trying to take yeah, no, mo- no less money. That's the only thing about him. He's self. He don't care. He is. You talking about narcissist? He is a narcissist. He loves seeing his name in the headlines. He loves seeing his face on TV. I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers, bro. Sick. He wins the MVP. I'm thinking like, bro, that was the that. I, I, how could you feel good about and winning he never MVP? Answers a 
questions yesterday. He never answered questions. No, I'm I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers, bro. Just like I was tired of Tom Brady. Come on, bro. That was the fastest retirement I've ever seen in my life. Nigga went home and said, oh, fuck this shit. He, he got home with his wife and kids, bro. Stayed home for two weeks. He's back. I think a lot of it was because he ain't like Bruce Arians, though, honestly. Bruce Arians, though? I do like Bruce Arians as a coach, but a lot of, a lot of football players don't really like Aaron, Bruce Arians like that. He's very tough on guys. He's very, like, kind of a... I'm going to be real with you. I'm with Shannon. I'm with Uncle Shay Shay, yo. When he hit one of his grown... Oh, yeah, I didn't like that shit. Um, yeah, I would have slapped his head. Don't put your hands on me. Yeah, I'm not your child, my nigga. Like, but you see why Brown was out of there, though. Nigga taking his shirt off and shit and dancing around. Because Arians, Arians was a, a dick to him, yo. He tried to. Yeah, I can see that's that. That's one dude you can't try that motherfucker. He's already cuckoo. You're t- so you can't try him, bro, because he going to be like, what? Yeah, Word? no, no right, that's true. Yeah, that's true. he's a narcissist himself. That's true. And he's going to prove his point. I agree with that. You got two. Fucking covert narcissists mm-hmm. at each other. What, what do you expect? No, I agree. It, it, it's entertaining, but I, I'm not a fan of either one of them. I, I do like Andrew, Bruce Aarons in terms of like how he gets the most out of his players. But I, I'm be honest with you, I'm kind of I'm very excited to see Ty Bowles as head coach. I always appreciate black coaches. Number one, number two, he was a he coach actually, for the Jets. He actually did well with the Jets. He did. I, I, he did I think well. I think he's going to do a great they job. Had a top ten defense when he was. The they coach. did. He's a great he defensive, was a defensive coach. Coordinator. Yeah. Great. In Tampa Bay, and they were phenomenal. They're great. Look how they look. Look. Look at the defense and the preparation. How he isolated the most dangerous player in NFL, um, the cheater. Yeah, you're right. He and he isolated I, him. He made him a non-factor. Yeah. He made two of the best players in their position non-factor yeah. in the Super Bowl. A non-factor. So quick, quick, quick. I mean, defensive. I mean, it was just genius. Quick, quick prediction. Um, real quick, because we we rarely talk about the NFL, and the reason why I don't like talking about NFL because my teams are trash, fucking garbage. Jets, and the, the garbage. <laughs> Niggas should not be. We should never talk about the Jets or Johnson. But the Jets had a great draft. They did have a great draft. The Jets were when they they had a good draft. The Giants not so much. Um. Well, here here's what I'll say. First of all, I really don't care. You know why I don't care about the draft, especially when it comes the to New Jets York teams. I forgot, bro. No, I gotta look and Giants? see. I think he went to the Giants, but I'm gonna tell you like this: the Jets can get, they can draft right now. Even the Giants, they can draft Lawrence Taylor out of the grave, and that nigga is not even—is he still alive? Chill out, bro. Right. So look, 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 look. I know that's your boy, and we still will be trash. On paper, we got receiver. We got. The defense, we got a lot of guys on paper that's great. Jets or Giants? I'm talking about the Jets right now, man. The, we, we, we got, but here's the thing. We don't win on paper. We win on the field. And the Jets are so terrible. I don't care who they get. They still end up being bad. Like, this is what I don't like about the Jets. Wilson, whatever. It might as well be Jackie Wilson for all I care. Nigga, God. It doesn't even really matter what quarterback. We can have Joe, we can have Broadway Joe right so we, like, we, we we can have fucking anybody. I'm thinking about New York. No, you go to New York and look like Gotham City, right? Right. Motherfucking dirtiest fuck. Everybody. Oh, chill, nigga. Chill. Yo, chill, chill. Everybody chill, in New York. Come on, I used to be in New York. That's like my second home. Like, everybody in New York, yo, 
You got the, the daily grind of walking yeah, the world, we working, the taking city, the subway, yeah. Taking the subway, you know what I'm saying? New York got its own culture. Like, we do. I love New York. It's dirty like, as hell and we love it. Dirty as hell, but it's, but it's the culture. Niggas be stinking and shit. Like, yo, we be yo, on the subways and shit. But, man, y'all <laughs> and Philly are some of the most hardest fans to please. And, and now... Speaking of Philly... And that was so talking crazy. about these damn Sixers and Doc Rivers ass, Yo, goofy y'all ass. Hardest fans on y'all teams, bro. Nah, but hold on. Let's go back real quick. We, when it comes specifically to New York, we don't have anything to root for except for the Rangers, by the way. And I, I, I know we're kind of jumping around, but we don't talk about the hockey as much. I love hockey, especially in the playoffs. I never thought that. I do. I don't watch hockey during the regular season. That shit too long. But now. The Rangers are playing the Hurricanes. I have two teams that I'm rooting for in the playoffs, bro. So I really prefer the Rangers to win. They came back th- from down three one against um the Penguins, and they won the series last night in a great fact. That's why I do like hockey not more than basketball, but when it comes competitive and playoffs in a playoff setting, hockey is where it's at. And I still haven't been to a hit playoff uh, um, to hockey a, game at all. A, I've been to a minor league hockey game. We we had the Checkers, the Richmond Renegades. Oh, okay, okay. Because we have the checkers here in Charlotte. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know they that. They play right that's, at the boat. We, and we, we, we'll figure out a way to get down there, but um, yeah, they, they play at the Bojangles Center. So, we, um, another thing, we as both of the, not the corners, but we as both, you know, David, King David, you know, <laughs> JJ, you know, it's time to weigh in. This is That's right. Brand. Time to weigh in, baby. It's uh, DT. We, we, we will be JJ. On, we will be working on merchandise. We definitely going to get some t-shirts of all types of styles. And uh, we definitely going to be putting that out there, man, because uh, we definitely going to try to push this brand. Absolutely. We're not going to try. We're going to do it, baby. We're going to do it. And we're going to have... We're going to grow incredible, incredibly, I, I expect... Yeah, growth I agree. This year, next year, and whoever's listening, man, whoever tuning in, man, we really appreciate everything. Absolutely. And I hope we are entertaining y'all. And I hope <laughs> y'all are having fun listening, man. Thank y'all a lot for everything. Um, Hold on, I don't want to break that up, but you a funny ass nigga. What you mean? Yo, even if you listen to the pod last episode, bro, <laughs> we go from talking about fucking midgets to herpes. Like that shit was funny as hell. Hey, man, I'm just, you know, giving my take on shit. Speaking of funny, hold on. Before we wrap this thing up, um, I know we talked about boxing. We even talked about hockey, which I'm happy about. Um, yo, <laughs> I sent it to you. Check your phone. The funniest shit ever, bro. Did you see the banner, the, uh, the argument between Kendrick Perkins and Draymond Green? Don't ever. Yo, Kendrick Perkins, dog. <laughs> Oh, needs, you, got, you got to play this. You got to play he, this. Uh, let's just play this. First, first play, real quick. First play, the Draymond Green. This is after the Golden State Warriors beat the Why Memphis. Why did he do that? Uh, this is after Memphis Grizzlies lost. The uh, Golden State Warriors beat Memphis Grizzlies in, in, in uh, what was that, the seventh game? Game six? No, no, no. Play Draymond Green first. Draymond Green. Hold on. Dray, wait, wait. Go back. Go back. Because this shit, this shit is funny as hell. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. You ain't send me that one. Go back. I know I did. No, you didn't. You sent me Kendrick Perkins twice. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get it now. Yo, the Draymond Green, I mean, his response is funny, though. I ain't even going to lie to you. It's right here. I thought I sent it. No, it's right here. 
And you know Draymond Green got his own podcast too, by the way, yeah. right? Yeah, I got it. You just play it. No, I don't want to hear that shit. This is why I don't like YouTube. Go to... That's Draymond Green. Now play the other one I sent you. This is the unfiltered version. He cursed on the on this one. <laughs> I sent you two. The second one. I think that's the one. Cursing now. I'm 
that you wasn't looking to be aggressive, that you wasn't the Draymond of old. Yeah, you came out there, you have your business tonight, you did your thing. No knock on that. But thinking I'm going to shut up or thinking whatever. Man, look, man, you can miss me with all that. I, I lip box and lip wrestle all damn day. You know what I'm saying? Straight up, boy. Don't give a damn about all that shit you talking about, man. You crazy. <laughs> I'm going to let you go ahead. He's from Texas. Kenny Perkins is from a small town in Texas. I thought he from South Carolina. No, he's from Texas. Word. They different out there, B. Like, Texas definitely is different. I'm going to say it like this, man. Um, both of them are fucking hilarious. You called a grown man a character <laughs> off of a Disney movie? Shrek. He called this nigga an ogre, dog. No, but here's the funny part, though. He recorded it two different ways and still didn't pronounce ogre right. <laughs> My wife a dying piece. Wait. I've been watching the tenth grade. I'm just trying to figure out how you not pronounce ogre right. And you recorded it. Imagine how many times it took for him to record that on his phone. <laughs> this is gonna be what Kendra Perkins was um excuse excuse what I'm about to say is oh, very, shit. very disrespectful to Please. To people with conditions in life, and I don't mean nothing about oh, this. <clears throat> so please, everybody, do not cancel us. This is my disclaimer. This is no disrespect. I don't have nothing to do with what's come out your mouth, but nigga. But disrespecting Kendrick Perkins. I think he's uh, clinically retarded. Wow, that's harsh. <clears throat> yeah, I think he's clinically retarded. You know, ESPN, this, though, they paying him. Um, they pay a lot of people that's clinically sick. Go ahead. There's a lot of clinically sick people walking around this earth. That's the damn problem. And he's one of them. Wow. Okay. And I tell him to his face. And he will what? beat your ass, nigga. Shit. Kendrick Perkins, <laughs> shit, I'll put money on that shit. Shit. Nigga, I'm the Charleston White of the podcast, nigga. Okay. That nigga would not whoop my ass. Uh, how much you want to bet, nigga? Nigga, I'll nigga, I bet my salary. That ain't much. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you saying you will bust his ass? I will bust you might, his ass. I don't ass. know. He almost seven feet tall, though. That's easy. That's okay. an easy ass fight. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> it, ain't even that. it ain't even that, bro. Like, but my question is, though, who you so think. fuck all that. No. Gonna go <laughs> oh. Gonna go what he do to you, nigga? <laughs> he, disres- nah, man, he disrespected the God of Virginia. Who? This nigga said that he will take Russell Westbrook career. Yeah, you sent that over to me. Over Iverson's career. Yeah. I, I think he he, yeah, he he he'd be saying some wild shit, but uh, I think some of that is just for clicks, though. Some of it is for clicks, though. He tries to be as cool as um as um Jalen, but he's not. Remember when Jalen was like, "Yo," he said, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins tried to talk about his hairline because you know Jalen got the smoothest hairline in the business. That nigga hairline is stupid sharp. Look. He was talking about he got the, uh, Kirk Hitcher Perkins said he got the uh, spray on shit, right? <laughs> he said he had to. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know about the spray on, but. Yeah, but, but, and then Jalen, 
<laughs> he was like, he said, he said the N-word. He was like, he said, I'm older, I'm 10 years older than you, but you look 15 older, years older than me. <laughs> Yo, you cannot. Taylor Rose do look young. He looks way younger than um Kendrick Perkins. When he, he went on to talk about, he said, you be saying stuff for clicks. And you barely know how to pronounce the words. <laughs> you didn't see that when they went back and forth? Not, I was coughing up. Yo, bro. <laughs> you like I was shit. On, like yo, it's entertaining, bro. I was crying, bro. Jalen Rose is funny, though. Now, he is funny, but I, when it comes to basketball, he is top tier, bro. Him and JJ Reddick and Tim Legler are the best three NBA analysts on any network. I would listen to them at any point. When it comes to analyzing Yo, the game, they the are the best. Name? I saw a clip. Actually, I saw it live. I was just downstairs in the morning. I was uh, watching it. <coughs> I forgot what they call him. But that man told me, you need a shot and drum. I said, oh my God, why did he say that? J.J. Reddick. Oh, you talking about, you talking about um, my man Mad Dog Russo. On ESPN, Mad Dog is from New York, by the way. That's why he talks like he got Italian accent. But he's old school. He still think that you know Wilt Chamberlain is the best player ever, and you know Bob Cousy, bro. He's stuck in the '40s and '50s. And like, bro, like seriously, stop. I mean, you talk about Bob Cousy like he played last night for the fucking Knicks. Like he be talking like he be talking like these older players, half of which already passed away, is still playing the game today. So, but I do like his history knowledge. It's like a computer. Mad Dog Russo, he has his own show, but I like when he debates um Stephen A. Smith Russo on on Wednesday. Definitely mob ties. Yeah, probably. But I'm I'm saying that he's he's a New York guy. They all talk like yo yo, you know. They had that Italian accent, but I give him a lot of respect. Like he know he can shout out a player from 1932. Like he he knows sports, but he's stuck in the old days, bro. And that's what JJ Reddick was saying. Like, bro, this is like the players of today is way better than those players back then, bro. But I will say that a lot of the older players don't get some, like the younger people, they don't give some of the older players credit. You know what I'm saying? So it's a fine line. You got to balance between the two. But I do like Mad Dog Russo, but I didn't like how he was trying to say shut up and dribble, which is what he was implying about. Like, he's like, I, I hate Draymond Green. Like, he was just like trying to say that these players should just not talk so much and just play. I'm thinking like, bro, we can, t- we can say whatever we want to say, nigga. Like, what? I don't like when, I don't like, especially... You know, and we're not always trying to make it racist, but at the end of the day, white men try to tell black athletes what to say and how to say it and how to feel. Nah, we can say whatever we want. Like, we intelligent, too. We could talk, and that's what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to shut us up. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't really like that shit at all. I think the most iconic body bag I've ever seen is when Richard Sherman owned Skip Bayless. I remember that. Few, a few years back, but Skip Bayless be getting that he he be getting body bagged by a few athletes Jaylen though. Jalen Rose definitely. Jalen Rose, Rose is he the body. Feelings, he he is the body bag master. He's like a, a Undertaker when Jalen Rose nobody nobody wanted when Jalen Rose because he do it. You know why like Jalen Rose he do it with a half like grin smile like yo like he, he yeah like he he don't he don't, he don't get mad he don't get phased he'd be like yo you heard. I mean, it's gossip, but I don't know if it's true or not. What? Go ahead, bro. <laughs> so, Molly Quorum shit? Yo. With Stephen A? Yo. Get the fuck out of here, man. Yo. You telling me St- Stephen A been trying to smash Molly from day one, nigga? I don't know if it's true or not. 
But I, what I'm saying I is that. I hope it's not true. I hope that's not true. I will lose. But imagine Stephen A. trying to smash Jalen Rose's wife, and you on set with him on TV, nigga. Jalen Rose will kill that nigga. But I don't even really think he cares that much because Jalen. I don't understand. I don't see he really give a fuck. Jalen Rose is like, bro. When he was, remember, he was like, oh, what did he say? He was like, um, you only as he said, yo, you only as good as your options, nigga. He said that live. And then Molly was like, don't get in trouble. He's like, true story. You know what that? Right yeah, they was on set. I think I saw that. He's like, yo, you're only as good as your options. I mean, what he said, no, you're only, you're only allowed, something about, you only allow what you can do as good as, as your options would let you, something like that. Jalen Rose probably smashing all the other girls on the set, bro. I don't care what nobody say. I wonder why. I'm sure he loved his I, I, wife. I, 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 I wonder who fouled. Um, she did? I think Molly did, yeah. It was definitely mutual because Jalen Rose, they were saying that Jalen Rose was going through when he lost his mom, if you, if you remember. And they also had a long distance because Jalen Rose traveled a lot, plus he'd be back at home in, in Michigan. And she, Molly don't really want to travel. She stays in Connecticut most of the time. So if you notice, she's always live on set there because either they have the uh, set in Connecticut, Bristol, or in um, Manhattan. Jalen Rose be all over the place. So that long distance shit... Jalen Rose got, you know what I'm saying? Like, the temptation is there. I just could not go home every night to listen to Molly. Her voice is annoying yeah, as hell. Annoying as but anyway, I, I digress. She's easy on the eyes. No, 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 she pretty. She pretty. She's easy on the eyes. Yeah, no, she's she a beautiful woman, but no, nah, I just, I can't listen to that voice every night, bro. Hey, yeah, Molly, good luck out there. No, nah, she's an accomplished woman. We're not saying anything to denigrate her, but at the end of the day, I just hope it's not true about Stephen A. Smith, bro. He always have subtle compliments for her, bro. All the time. Even when um, Jalen Rose and um, Molly was married. I'm thinking like, that's a little... Like, I wouldn't do that if it's your girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, well, we have a good relationship, but I'm just like, on TV? Mm, I don't I mean, know. Like, I mean... I'm going to say this, man. And then we're going to cut this, yo. I do need your prediction for the fight this weekend, David Benavidez against David, the other David, Lemu, Lemieux. David Lemieux. Yeah. Ha <laughs> Showtime though. That's gonna be Showtime has three weekends in a row. Uh, Lemieux, Lemieux's a puncher. Lemieux's a good. You think he's gonna be a good fight at least? I give it nine rounds. I think. David. I, I think he's not gonna like knock Lemieux out. I think he's gonna punish him though. I think they're going to end up stopping. They're going to stop, yeah. I think it'll be a stoppage in, what, maybe 10 or 11 rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's a good fight. That's this weekend. I didn't even look at the undercards, bro. I didn't really care that much about it because I think Showtime does a great job of putting on events. And then next weekend, the weekend after, we got the the Tank Davis fight against Roley. So at the end of the day, Showtime's doing a great job with fight events, right? In oh, my yeah. opinion. So... You wanted me to go in on the, uh, what I was about to say. I don't know. Thank you so much. I forgot. <laughs> but, um. No, we were talking about Molly and all that. and Yeah, but man. We... <clears throat> I'm going to be honest, yo. Like, if that shit is true, this is what I'm going to say. And it's not an excuse for nobody. This is, this is probably our relationship segment right here. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, right? 
your best friend, your friend, your close friend, your brother. Yeah. What we cannot stop is people being human. You know what I'm saying? Treachery, desires, bad intent. Yeah. It's just a part of being human, bro. No, I I understand and, that. And it's only, not an excuse it's, though. It's not I'm not I'm not accommodating bad behavior. Yeah. But saying, oh, he's just being human. But people are human, bro. People are gonna impulsively do things they want to do. And if we take everything personal, like it's to the point now when some shit went down with my wife, right? I could go in the corner and cry to you about it mm-hmm. and cry about it, right? Mm-hmm. But I did shit too because I'm human. And we have no control over what somebody does and how it affects us because we're human. All right, now I get that part, but what exactly are you trying to say? What of course we're human, make mistakes, what, I get all that. What, what I'm trying to say is, right, if Stephen A. did that shit, he human, and we're going to look at him like, damn, that's fucked up. But at the end of the day, he can't do no more than what she allowed him to do. No, I get that part. I get that part. So we just can't blame him for it. We already know he a cool. Let me ask you a question. Hold on, before we get... (laughs) Hold on, before we get to the cool argument. You been saying that nigga cool for a while. Cool he be book. switching up shit and he be getting on my nerves that with that. Cool no, listen, listen. You know what about this guy? That's bug. That nigga coon bug. That nigga that coon bug. I'm sorry, Steven. Man, I'll tell you to your face. No, listen, 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 listen. You be cooning, dog. <laughs> listen, hold on. You be cooning, bro. The question is: so this will be the question of the day. The time and way. The time and way in podcast. We, we. This is your relationship question for JJ right now. Before we end it. Do you believe that um, you can have a professional relationship with a female, like we're talking about with Molly and all that, mm-hmm. without there being any, because I know you said people are human and all that, things happen, but do you think you can have a professional relationship with a female or a male, whatever, without anything happening? Any sexual... Give me a percentage. I don't know a percentage. I'm asking you. I, right. I, I, so are we going from 100%? Yeah, out of 100%, right? All right. And I, maybe I should just ask more of generically, but I ask you specifically. I think I think you're a, you're a man of integrity. You wouldn't do that, but like most men, you know, like for example, I do like. Um, I can't even think of her name right now. Uh, I should know this. Um, she's on NBA Today. Oh, the bad joint. She's pretty. Okay. She's she's beautiful. Now, I'm be Mal- Malika Edwards. Malika. Malika she's beautiful, right? I want to put myself in that position. So so it, would you be able to? I'm going to Stephen A. Listen listen listen. <laughs> Would you listen? Richard Jefferson worked with her. Kendrick Perkins, they marry guys. Uh, Vince Carter, all them dudes that that work on set with her. What is? What is the, get it out, man. I can't get it, can't out. get it out. Get it out, man. I know it's difficult to work with yes. a beautiful woman every day. Yes. Now this is the thing, though, right? <clears throat> you know what's different? I, I'm just speaking for myself. <clears throat> You can like have a like a crush at work, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of weird sometimes the way and what they open up, they open up. Mm-hmm. Like, say, for instance, 
that same very attractive, beautiful woman, right? <clears throat> Talking to me about something very sentimental about her family or her friendship or her upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And reconnected in that way on something that hits home and impacts our life, I think my intent would be different. It all depends on how a person opens the vulnerability of conversation and how you they, they allow you to delve into getting to know who they are. And if I got to know who she was and she became a fun person yeah. and she became like, oh, this guy I'm dating, oh my God, you were so right. And it's like, I would rather be a friend at that point because I like that connection. Now, it's different if it's flirting. Oh, shit, hold, hold on, hold on, John. I think I lost something. Hold on. You, you're on to something good. Hold on. That was good. But I, I, that, that that's a very interesting topic. Hold on. <clears throat> Fuck. What did I just do with that shit, bro? All right, so the question was um, about working with attractive person. Yep. So you're saying the intent. Is the intent, is the intent, and is the content of what it's talked about. So if our content and our context, right, we're talking about family, we're talking about fun things, we're talking about growing up, how I was growing up, and she started opening about some things that's unimaginable and that's very personal, right? Mm-hmm. And that and she puts that amount of trust in me and I'm a co-worker, we work in the ESPN. The way I will look at her will probably be a little different. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know, when people tell you very personal things and how it made them and how it affected them and how it made them to who they are, that's very personal. I wouldn't want to disrupt her trust in me. Because, like you said, I, I do try to be a person of integrity. I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. but when somebody like trusts me with information about how they became who they are, yeah, that's sentimental to me, man. That mm-hmm. means a lot to me. Yeah, and I wouldn't want that to be affected by the way I look at her as, and damn, she bad. But then when somebody really opens up to you and trusts you with about their story, she not gonna. Be as bad, like oh that joint, I gotta get that joint. That joint is bad. So what what are you saying? What I'm saying is, bro, I can be easily swayed to be friend zone, and I'd be fine with that. I got you. See, I think for me, man, I just, it's about establishing barriers, man. Like I'm not gonna open up to a girl that I know for a fact is I'm attracted to, or she's attracted to me. I'm establishing the parameters early on because you know when you get too comfortable, that's when things happen, bro. When you get too comfortable in conversation and um, just hanging out, you start to say things, you start to confess things about even your personal relationships, even if you're not one, you know, we friends and all that, but like when they know too much, then they know too much. Nigga. And you know, I, and that's like, that's one thing that my <clears throat> wife wants me to work on is that <clears throat> I can give too much information because I love to be relatable, right? Nah, I know what you mean, yeah. And, 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 my, and my wife is right. Sometimes it's not wrong to be relatable. Right. But it can be wrong when you're relatable and trusting. Yeah. Because then when you, you're trying to relate your circumstances or the things you went through with a person and you're relatable to what they're going through and then they spew it. 
and it could be something it could be taken differently. Yeah. Because it was too much information. Yeah. No, it's true. And that's what I gotta work on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So back to that. I would probably wanna be friend zone, right? I would probably wanna be friend zone. Yeah. I wanna be like, oh that's my little buddy. Oh yeah. JJ. I'm cool with that, right? Because I'd be like, okay, she bad. Yeah. What's up with the friends though? Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to be that nigga. Like, put me to them friends, though. But I'm asking you if you're already in a relationship, nigga. If I'm already in a relationship, I, I'm going to keep it all the way a buck. Uh, don't put me in no shit like that. Don't put me in no... I, I wouldn't even want to put myself in the circumstances like that. I would keep that shit professional. I would have that ring on my finger, which it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean shit anyway, anyway, to people. Right. But people, yeah. <clears throat> I would talk about... I, I would, like you said, barriers... I will talk about my wife a yep. lot. Yep. I will talk about my family a lot. I will constantly remind myself. Yeah, you gotta do all that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna call, yeah, cause that's really bad. No, I know. So I want to turn her off as much as I can. I think for me, the, the, but that might not even turn her off. That's true. The challenge, the challenge, and I'm not. I'm using Malika Edwards as an example, um, but obviously she she is she favors my type. But <clears throat> the hardest thing is like. No, nah, she no, she don't favor your type, nigga. Oh no! Of course she does. Anyway, um, the hardest thing though is if you're that person's type two. You know what I'm saying? Then now you you have two challenges. So if you're 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 already married or you're dating someone, right? And you're working in an environment where you have a female that's a very very attractive, but now she's she's also finds you attractive. Now you're that's that could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. There's a lot of things to consider when you're working with someone. Um, but you always want to make sure you keep your buck, bro. Keep it professional. You know what always. I'm saying? You know, we're adults here at the end of the day. So, let's see. We would like to celebrate the life of Melvin Linwood Howell. But let us continue to always remember his legacy and what he stood for. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Time to Weigh In podcast.